0: Welcome to Friend Wings Podcast, where Smashville and Hockey Town collide. And now your hosts, Rhett and Ron White and D-Law Dan
1: Lawless.
0: Hello Rat and Ron, how was your day?
1: Drunk D-Law, I am
0: doing fantastic. <laughs> oh, now I'm beginning to think I'm uh, Robin Leonard here. I always yeah, call but- me... <laughs> i always call me drunk <laughs> it's d-law <laughs> okay <laughs> so um
1: got a fun-filled show today we're gonna talk oh about, yeah about the, the games we uh previewed last last week um, but
0: first uh let's uh reiterate where we can find us uh the pride wings podcast uh, again podbean google podcasts amazon music iHeartRadio, Radio, Player FM, and play, uh, listener notes. Uh, don't forget to subscribe. You can't. You don't want to miss any uh, any episodes here coming up. Uh, yeah, we're
1: just getting better and better every week we do this. Don't don't miss out. Maybe uh, maybe I can make Dan blow a vein in his brain one of
0: these days. And maybe uh, we'll have a special interview coming up someday that you don't want to miss. <laughs> Don't forget to check the website. Uh, you can you can get that on on uh, the Podbean or um, uh, through uh, Facebook. There's a Facebook page, uh, Predwings uh, Podcast on Facebook. Um, so let's dive right into the game recaps
1: here. Yeah, I'll, you know I'll kick it off. You okay with me kicking it off? Fine with me. All right. Well. Uh... Toronto apparently found themselves a football team in the meantime because um, they came to Detroit and a football game broke out. Yeah, I know that was corny, but ten to seven. When was the last time you saw a score of ten to seven outside of the NFL?
0: The Lions were only down by a field goal.
1: No, they're never just down by a field goal. It's so much more than a field goal.
0: I wonder how many We're in this game
1: Probably five gazillion <laughs> Actually I, I don't think I don't think there was as many it was, it, was, it was like the most bizarre It was like a goalie It was just like a goalie rotation Ned starts, gets shelled, Grice comes in, sucks. Ned did they have any goalies? Yeah, they had those too. They just kept cycling
0: I through. Did they have that um, Ayers? I don't mean, was he, from Toronto. Maybe he played in that game. No, no.
1: He, would have, he probably would have made more saves than Dean.
0: Yeah, that's true. He he did he did beat the... Uh, he did beat the uh, beat Hurricanes him. that game, so uh, I'm sorry to interrupt.
1: <laughs> no, he beat Toronto.
0: He was. Uh... Oh, actually, right. Was he was yeah. playing for the Hurricanes? Right.
1: But yeah, no, it was a. It was actually believe it or not, it was actually a fun game. As long as you stayed tuned in, um, you know, because you you had Nealander come out and score pretty quick in the first period. You know, it's like, what's going on? Michael Bunting, we mentioned him last week, um, you know, for having, you know, better of the year. But he's he, – I, I, I'm sorry. I'm going on a rant here. This is why I get my name.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, 39 but, shots? For
1: 33? Hang on. But Bunting – has played for like three teams he's played like 10 games in each of his three teams but yet he's still a rookie like I just don't understand that um, I'm not to me a rookie is somebody that comes into the into the NHL and it's their first time ever playing I don't care if you played hockey for like if it's Detroit's players if Mo Mo played in in Grand Rapids last year. He moved into the NHL. He's now a rookie. So some of these players that move up from one from minors to pros, like I feel, that that's their rookie year, it's a different level of play, it's a different speed, it's a different pace. But a guy like Michael Bunting, that's been on teams, and they still want to call him a rookie, and he's okay at best. He's good. I'm not going to knock him. He, he's a he's good. He's he's a good. Well,
0: He's played he's
1: eighteen goals. He's, he's playing a good season, but he's got experience. Have, he's played eighty
0: three career goals, or eighty three career games.
1: So he's already got a full season under his belt. Twenty one,
0: twenty two, he played fifty seven games. Now the NHL this is from the NHL website. NHL War, rookie oh, club I, I know, uh, but this this'll feed into it. The rookie qualifications according to the NHL and I'm reading this directly from the NHL rulebook. To be considered a rookie, a player must not have played in more than 25 NHL games in any preceding seasons, nor in six or more NHL games in each of any two preceding seasons. Any player at least 26 years of age by September 15th of that oh, season geez. is not considered a rookie. I don't
1: even want to hear anymore. the sun's setting on them. On the- on the East Coast instead of the West Coast, and you be a rookie, uh, but you have to be jumping on one foot and rubbing <laughs> your belly and patting your head. Like, it's all stupid.
0: So it's, is it another NHL loophole in the rule book that they got? No, it's not. A, <laughs> so, so, so they can have their own, oh, yeah, we got to make him a rookie. Oh, let's. Uh,
1: no, let's, See, I, don't, I don't think it's that. Because he's on
0: Toronto. Now, what if this, not to knock Toronto, but what if Bunting was on another team? Would he be considered a rookie?
1: Yeah, probably. And and one thing, like, I've been listening, you know, I I follow a lot of hockey news, um, social media, TV, reading. um, You know, I I follow pretty diligently, like, for, for those people listening. Like, I haven't missed a Red Wings game in several years. I have watched every game if I happen to have missed it because I was, you know, out of town for work or traveling or, you know, I was blacked out and the subscription that I have doesn't cover it. You know, I still find a way to watch the game, listen to the analysts. Like, I, I really follow the sport of hockey very closely. Uh, may not sound like it, but I do, and I promise I'll get better. But I just... I just don't agree with them making him a rookie. But where I was going with this is listening to, you know, a lot of these guys talk, and even in this Toronto game that I'm going to get through here in just a second, you know, you don't you hear Bunting's name kind of thrown in the mix, and I, and I think you're going to like this, and it kind of pains me to say this a little bit, but I think Jano. Is getting the short stick here a little bit because he like nobody. Brings he's not
0: up. consistently scoring. That's the problem. He's he you, you he scored the other game the other day, but.
1: See, but I don't I don't give a crap about scoring. Like the game is way more than scoring, and I know to you it's not. And I just know how your mind works. Like when you play. A well, he is leaning your team could win 37 to nothing but if he is leaning in hits yeah it it, 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 as far it, as it, the predators a hits but I mean, in your mind if you don't score a million goals then you're not good um, and that's just simply not not true because you can get assists you can get goals you can play defense you can make good passes you can have awareness you can have speed you can be a playmaker that you know you, you can do things outside of scoring goals that makes you a tremendous player. Um, But you just don't hear Jano in in any of these conversations. I mean, you're always hearing, and I'm not just saying this for the Red Wings' sake, but I continuously hear that Mo Sider is leading in the Calder race. He's not leading in goals, and he's not leading in points, but he's very close in, in the points category. And it's not because of his scoring ability, as he's a defenseman. It's because they actually compare him a lot to a Cole Makar, who I think is kind of unfair because they're Cal Makar. He, he just plays the game so fast. Makar. And he, he, the puck, it's almost like it's on a string. The kid is just, when I watched him last, you know, in the last recap we did and I talked about Colorado, that kid can move. And I don't think Sider's quite there yet. I think he's a bigger body. I think he hits harder, Um, but he makes good plays. He's not the player that's going to streak up the ice and be the the offensive guy. Like, that's just not him. He'll set up plays. He'll take points. He does get in the charge once in a while. But it's what he does. It's his his vision, his ability to shut defensemen down, take command, and I believe he's leading all rookies with time on ice. He's on, He's transitioning, as I said, into our number one defender.
0: It's funny you say that because I've, I've seen a couple games that I've seen. Of course, uh, this, the last couple of nice Detroit games that I haven't seen part of, they were actually playing pretty good. Um, I know it's not fair to compare him to Lidstrom, but I was thinking, I remember seeing him skate or, with the puck and skating, you know, uh, end to end a couple of times. And I just kept thinking, that looks like Lidstrom. I know it's not fair to complete, you know, he's so early and Lidstrom's a legend, but mm-hmm. I-, I could see the comparisons already.
1: What I'm gonna just wait for a couple I- more years. I'm gonna jot down here in my notes here, um, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna jot down my notes here about. Let me see here. I want to find out Lidstrom's rookie numbers versus Sider's rookie numbers. I don't have those now. Um but I want to find that out. i'm gonna I'm gonna drop that down and figure that out for next time. but I just think that he is so comfortable with the puck. he, he still has his gaffs. don't get me wrong. he's a rookie. but he's just so comfortable. and like I mentioned last time, he just looks like he's been out there for you know eight years playing on the blue line.
0: But, his uh, Les's first year was 2011, 2012. No. He played seventy games.
1: No, are you talking Lindstrom or Lid? Nicholas
0: Lidstrom. Is is that who you? Is that who you were wanting to compare his rookie?
1: Rookie campaigns, yes.
0: Nicholas Lidstrom. Yes. And twenty. His looks like his rookie year was twenty eleven, twenty twelve. It doesn't sound right to me. I got to look. He here. was drafted in 19, um, as far as, oh, wait, I'm looking at it back. 91-92, sorry. Yeah. Was it's say, backwards. I was gonna say, ninety-one ninety two. correct. He was drafted in 89, he didn't play till 91.
1: Because he, he retired in 2012, so that didn't make any sense. Okay, yeah, 2012, that was his last year. Uh,
0: so, he played 80 games his rookie year, 91, 92. He had 11 goals, 49 assists for 60 points. He was a plus 36. Five power play goals, 31 power play what, what points. 11 goals, 49 assists, and 80
1: games. Okay. See, Sider has, I think he's got thirties now, 36, 37 points. Um, And the season's still going on. So he's still got time to catch, and we'll see what he does, you know, moving forward. But let's get back into this game here. So this was probably the most exciting Red Wings game that I have seen all season because they came out and pissed me off early and continued yep. to piss me off throughout the game
0: to the point, two quick where, goals to, to the
1: point where I almost honestly shut the game off so I mean they came out and scored yeah two two extremely quick goals so you had Nylander and bunting um, and then that was answered by Lucas Raymond you know he, he got a Another goal, so he's still creeping up. He's keeping himself. That was relevant his fourteenth. Yep, keeping him relevant. Um, but then immediately, almost immediately after Ray wow. scores, less than, back uh, down and David, David less than David. David can thirty seconds. Said, yeah, he scores a goal, and it's like, Jesus, guys, come on, let's let's get our heads, let's fuck it out. The second thirty-three, 33
0: seconds to be uh, actually was there was uh, thirty-three seconds to be exact.
1: Um, well, it's funny you say 33 seconds because it was 33 seconds when, into the second period when Mitch Marner started his brutal assault of the Detroit Red Wings. Um, he's, he scores the next three goals in this game. So after that, you've got... So he had a natty hatty. Uh, yeah, in like the first half of the first second period. So Did they forget like, where he was? No, no. It was just honestly, it, it was just poor defense. They, they were
0: even strength goals. Yes,
1: you're right. They they lost where he was because. Well, at, you know, at least Toronto didn't give up a power play. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> but then you have Sam Gagne gets an unassisted goal off turnover. Jeez. Makes the score six to two. And then immediately after, you know, and then that later, that looked, looked like that. Austin Matthews comes down and scores a goal he like it's a F- guy. Like Gagne F- chased F- Mrazek, mm-hmm.
0: or or did Campbell start? No, Morazic Ma- was six for eight. Well,
1: yeah. So he
0: got two goals. So it looks like Gagne chased him.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Did he get injured? Because, well, six. Six saves on eight shots. I guess that's not too good.
1: No, no, it wasn't. But I mean, better than Grice. Yeah. yeah well, oh geez, the same percentage really took a hit. Don't get me. Don't get me going. <laughs> so I was going into the third period, the Wings are down seven to two, and no. that's no. when I shut the game off. I was like, I'm, I'm done. I just, I can't watch this. I just. I hope you didn't miss the start of the, the start of the third period. No, no, I, I didn't, and they they got some life, I was like, holy crap, you know, this this game isn't over, they scored the next four goals in a row, and we got ourselves a ball game here, 7-6, like, I, I, I walked away, I, I will say, you know, I, I did walk away for about 10 minutes because I just had to clear my head, because I'm very passionate about the Red Wings, and they must and own Jack calling. Campbell. Did Have they? Had, yeah,
0: but I swear, well, some teams have really good well uh, numbers against other goalies. Like I'm just wondering, if Detroit's has good luck against Campbell. I know they know Varejzek. Yeah. But I'm kind of interested to see why he would pull Varejzek. I mean. Eight, six saves eight shots that's not really it's not like you gave up six goals on eight shots
1: well yeah, um, he
0: really did
1: but that's okay eight, you, but the Ravens- he saw
0: eight shots and saved six that was a lot better than Grice who saved 14 and or saw 14
1: and saved 10 yeah he's he's terrible I mean, there's no other way to put it. He's just not. He's but not playing who right uh, now. who is that Toronto coach? I don't remember. No, oh, I forgot what his name was. Um. Oh, Sheldon, Sheldon Keith. Keith. Yep, Sheldon Keith. But anyway, you know the wings. Oh. The wings came out and they they battled back. You know, and it kind of it's kind of that foot and mouth. You know, and I was bashing uh, Blashill last week about how the guys aren't coming out and finishing games kind of like I'm spoiled because Gotti Baldwin was almost like he would go into a locker room flip a switch and the entire third period would be dominated by Detroit so being spoiled by that for many years and now seeing it in this game it was kind of was kind of nice I'm still not sold on Blashell, so please don't please don't think that I'm giving him kudos. I just think the guys were probably sick and tired of coming out, getting shelled around. And I just think they were ready for a change. It just seems that they wanted to, you know, they wanted to battle back. They were getting shellacked at home. But that's okay. Um, you know, because then it was just kind of a back and forth till the end. Raymond got him within one. Had a nice yeah. play from Cider and Larkin. Brought it to 8-7. Eight, eight, you know, short-handed What's that? They gave up a
0: short-handed goal. Yeah, I don't talk about that. <laughs> yeah, it was that, part of the game. You got to talk about that. I know. What, what happened on the power play?
1: Uh, what power play? Uh, the, they've, well, they've obviously. Had, they've, <laughs> had, they've had trouble and like, in inconsistencies with their... That business. was a Mitch Marner
0: tripping penalty, obviously, third yeah. period.
1: Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was.
0: It looks like uh, a little contra- controversial uh, in the second period. Uh, Robertson got a boarding against Cider. Was it
1: really that bad? No, no, it, it wasn't. It was away from the glass a little bit. He oh. could have avoided it. It wasn't necessary, but it wasn't violent. It didn't take Cider even out of the... didn't even take him off the ice. It was just one of those, like... You know what? What are you doing, man? Like, was it really worth it? Like, a few feet from the boards, and you push the guy. Like, it's just—it was—it wasn't that bad. It was just kind was unnecessary. Um, you gotta get that dog out of there. Just kidding. I like dogs. We'll have them in studio, one of these days. But yeah, it was just, um, you know, it's just I, I, I felt that they really battled. They created an excellent comeback. That's it. That's a, Those are the things that Detroit needs to do. Well, first of all, they need to not let up. Freaking ten goals in a game is where they really need to focus their, their energy. But they battled back, and they, they you know they gave it everything. So I, I can't be I can't be upset with that. Um, you know, it was a good game. It was fun. It was fun to watch. You know, I missed 10 minutes of the second period, and I'm glad I missed 10 minutes of the second period because Mitch Marner went on a on a hunting spree. But anyway, it was a good game. You know, they fought hard. They lost 10 to seven, and you know, the, all they could do is just kind of move it. You know, just regroup, get back. I wonder- i wonder what uh what was said
0: in the second intermission because they were getting lit up 27 to 18 shots on goal well i guess it wasn't too bad and then they just flipped the fifth day out shot toronto in the third period 15 to 12. the first period it looked like they came out flat they had eight shots on goal in the first
1: yeah they were just they were completely outmatched and they just they started out flat that's that flat that i was talking about um but it was it was a good game. It was it was a fun it was a fun game to watch, um, and uh, you know, it's just too bad they couldn't get in field goal range. Yeah, right. One one more one more kick would have done it. But you know, you can't dwindle on it. Game's over. It is what it is. But now we're gonna now we're gonna move into the Carolina game. Now this. Was an exciting game. This honestly was a game that I was hoping that they would win, and they did. Um, kind of had me a little worried because the Hurricanes again came out and you know struck early or not early, but they struck in the first. Sebastian Ajo getting his getting a, 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 a goal. You know that came off of Vinny Trocheck. It was just it was it was a nice play. It was a very nicely set up play, and then. You know, shortly in the second, uh, Carter Rowney, he nets a goal. So it's just one of those back and forth, back and forth. Um, But then here's where, you know, the third period starts. And very quickly in, Michael Rasmussen gets gets a pretty nice goal. So now the the Wings take a 2-1 lead. And that's when it's like, okay, now they're doing well. And, you know, I was hoping that they would keep that third period momentum going. But, of course, you know, of course that, that didn't happen. Um, but the wings came came out like I said got that two to one from Rasmussen and then a few minutes later Jesper Jesper I want to pronounce this right it's not fast Jesper Faust comes down and gets the equalizer and it's like my god Detroit can you not can, can you please just take a lead and run with it can you stop giving up every lead that you get like you know it's you're not going to win games that way. And again, it just a lot of it falls back on, on the defense. Um, but then you had uh, funny, you know, there was a funny Man. part here. So you've got the Stahl brothers on the ice together. So Mark and Jordan on the same one. Mark's given some extra tugs, a couple of whacks. And Jordan didn't know at first that it was Mark. So he turns around like he's all pissed off, ready to give someone some words. Next thing you know is he's got Mark kind of – he got called for the penalty. But Mark comes up, wraps his arm around him, and they just laughed. They were both just kind of laughing and chuckling all the way to their, pers- you know, respective areas. You know, Jordan obviously going back to the bench and Mark going to the penalty box. But I thought it was kind of funny. I thought it was kind of cool. Um, you just don't see that very often. So I thought that was kind of neat. But, you know, Stahl, talking about Stahl, he comes out and he gets the go-ahead goal in the third period with, you know, just four minutes and some odd seconds left. It's like, come on. You know, I, I just can't I, I can't do this. You can't give up a lead every time you freaking take it. Like, you have to get that momentum. And, and this is why I'm not so sold on, on Jeff Blasio. Because in a situation like that, when you finally get the lead and you're deep into the third period, you you have to have a like you have to have got the the spirit of your team, you have to have their attention, you have to be a leader, you have to be somebody that can get that extra oomph out of your guys. You want a team that's gonna fight for you. And I just don't see that with Detroit. Because I'm sorry, you know, you just don't see teams giving up like that. Even Toronto, who's an excellent team, I was surprised that they let the Wings come back, but they never let them take the lead. And they're just not getting that fight. They're not getting that fight for for Blasio, and that's why I think Blasio's got to go. And a lot of people are going to, because I see it on social media, I see it on TV, people are still, oh, well, he has a crap team to work with. But they're just not getting better. They're not fighting for him right now, and it's hard to say that after... The Toronto comeback, but in a game like this, you get the lead, you keep the lead. That's why good teams win. You know, and and it's just it's yeah. But that's I'm just getting frustrated here. But anyway, so you've got Jordan Stahl getting the go-ahead goal. Of, you know, sixteen twelve in the in the third period. He had a nice shot. He had a nice play. You know, I'm not going to take that away from him, but. Forty less than four, 38 seconds later, Dylan Larkin gets an unassisted goal. So here we are back tied again. So we go into overtime and it's a back and forth. Each team is getting their you know getting their opportunities to score a goal and you know the goalies just came up huge. You know that was that was a that was a really, 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 really well fought game.
0: I don't know. Overtime is three on three. Correct. How do you get a too many men penalty in overtime? There's only three players out there. It's not like they had five. They they can hide. They had five. how the heck?
1: They weren't paying. Attention. What they
0: think it's not overtime?
1: Nope. and um, uh, well, and it came I, back to I, haunt and them. And I love Mick and, and Mickey Redmond for and those of you from Nashville who are listening, but. <laughs> Or somewhere else. I I know, I just had to bash the cred (laughs) because I know you love it when I do that. But, um, Mickey's like, turn, turn over the puck. Turn over the puck. And I'm like, no, you still have a four on three. And this is a guy who played in the NHL. But, it's like, you still hit, like, somebody came off the bench. So don't just give up the puck. You're running out of time. Like, the, the, you know, you've only got five minutes in overtime. Use up every second of it because you're going to get that two minutes when the whistle's blown. So why not try to get an extra two to three minutes if if it goes that long with an odd man rush? Like, sorry, Mick, I love ya. you. Know, you big fella, but... The, uh, it's funny you said you use the last minute, the last, every minute second, because they almost did. <laughs> I, I know, and that's where I'm getting to next. But, you know, they they drained a lot of time off. They were able to keep possession of that puck for quite, quite a chunk of time. And they kept it in the zone, they kept the pressure on. Um, unfortunately, they didn't score on that opportunity. But, yeah, talking about it. Um, you know, getting and, and this was huge, because the other thing that, that was kind of... I don't want to say it was an emotional thing, but, you know, this is... Nadelkovic is finally playing against a team that discarded him, disposed of him, got rid of him. So it's kind of, you know, there's kind of some ego and some, uh, you know, some, uh, I don't want to say bad blood, but kind of like a I told you so kind of a moment. Like, you, you made a mistake by letting me go so um, yeah I don't know but anyway I thought he played great I thought he played a good game and you know the wings came down and you know just a few seconds left Uh, Lucas Raymond gets a sweet goal but it was close they thought it could have been goaltender interference but the puck had crossed the line before it even got to that point so I, it was a great win, great victory, much needed for the team, good morale boost. Now they need to keep this momentum going because they've got, you know, I'm going to get into it. and I'm not going to even speak of it yet, but they've got a tough, you know, a tough week coming up that we'll preview at the end of this episode. But good win Detroit, keep yeah. it going, keep the fans coming uh, to hockey town. This I, is what the fans needed was a game like this.
0: I want to bring up to uh, attention because I think um, I know how important face-offs are as far as um, uh, it gains possession for your team, but um, how about, uh, is it jo- Joey? Joey Valeno? Joey
1: Valeno, yeah.
0: He was 67% for face-offs. He led all face uh in that game except for Terry Biden, who was 100%, but he might have only had one face off. I don't know. Um, I thought he was a wing. Was is it Taravainen a, a wing? He played. He's a left wing, so yeah, he probably only yeah. So he probably only had one face off. I'm not sure. Um, I, don't, I don't see the stats for that. But but sixty-seven percent is a pretty good one uh, percentage in the NHL. I think.
1: Yeah, he's a young kid. Kind of get a unfair shake, if you will. I don't want to say an unfair shake, but I think I don't even want to say he just—he's a late bloomer. I've mentioned it before. You know, give him a couple more seasons, reevaluate. But yeah, he's—he's he's young. He trades a very young team right now, and the youth that they have coming up is—is is exciting. So, yeah, no, that's great. He—he he had a great—he great, had a good game. He played a good game, and um. You know, we came out of there with a W. You, know, you can't, you can't be, you can't be upset with that. But yeah, let's let's uh, move well, on to the Preds. Let's hear what you you boys did. That's more than what the Preds can do. Well,
0: <laughs> uh, we we left last show talking about uh, how the Preds had to play Seattle and they lost uh, the opening uh, opening game to them, and they did not manage to beat them in January, but. It was just another terrible game. The Preds lost four to three, but it really wasn't all that close. They just were terrible, terrible defensively. Um, they uh, th- they just couldn't get anything going, and this is I mean I don't know maybe Seattle is a good team but they're an expansion team uh that they were they, they they were on a seven game looting streak and until they beat the predators <clears throat> so i mean good for them i mean former prior kelly arkirk who as you know that i'm not a big fan of the expansion draft he was a victim of that because you know right to – he was
1: expansion expansion uh, pick from Nashville. And, uh, we have a reason to be a little jaded to that. See, I don't, I don't see a problem with it. You know, I He was
0: one of our best players. I mean, Arvidsson, he, they traded him because of the expansion draft. So they wanted – that. they thought he would – they they figured that they were going to pick him, so they wanted to get something for him.
1: Like I was saying, like I was saying, you guys – You should feel jaded a little bit because the draft, I'm not going to talk about this long because I don't want to get off topic, and I agree with you on this. Uh, I guess I'll ask you so that you can paint the picture to maybe some of our younger listeners that maybe don't know how the Predators came in, but how did the Predators expansion draft take place? They... uh... It like well, they, today, it,
0: it, they, they, player? they pretty much. I think their best player was that they picked was uh, Mike Dunham, and he never even was on the Predators roster because he never. He was technically he was selected, but the range. I don't know what happened on that deal. Because he he was selected, but he never left the Rangers. Or not Dunham, um, Richter. because uh, uh, Nashville had Dunham. Uh, I'd have to look. I'd have to deal. I'd have to look into that more because I totally forgot. It was so long ago, but that just shows you the time between uh, 1998 and now, and even with Vegas. I think Vegas had a stacked thing, but that's that's for another uh, topic. Um, like, I don't know. Like
1: more the draft when the Predators came in. They didn't have the access to the high caliber players. Like now, you have to make certain players available to be to be taken. So. Back then, I don't believe that was the case. Yeah. And that's why, yeah. like, you just, n- not as many players had to be exposed. And the level of quality of player, you know, you didn't have to get rid of some of those higher-quality players. You know, so, or, or the higher elite prospects that haven't quite cracked the NHL yet, so they're kind of that unknown. You know, I think that's, that's one of the biggest gambles with, with the draft is do you take a, an elite prospect who hasn't touched the NHL ice yet? And, you know, it's always a possibility.
0: So uh, the Preds, uh, they started out flying um, uh, in the first period and got, got a quick goal by uh, Tomasino. His, that was his eighth goal. And then, they, so they led one nothing after 1, and then Matt Shane made a game with 2 nothing lead somewhat uh, early in the second period, that was a power play goal, and they finished 1-3 for three on the power play. Uh, one positive note, they didn't give the crack at a power play, which probably would have lost by more. <laughs> um, but then, they just point. fell flat on their face, because then... Uh the Crack scored three straight. Um Weinberg started started not uh just a little bit after Duchesne made it two to nothing and then uh Kelly Aaron tied it up uh just a little over a minute about a minute and a half about a minute and a half after Weinberg scored. So those quick quick goals and then Yanni Gord, the former Tampa Bay who I'm sure a lot of Lightning fans are jaded about that because he was a huge part of their team, and they lost him to the Kraken. But he's um, uh, he, surprisingly, he's got 12 goals. That was he his had 12th good, goal. He's
1: having a good season for him.
0: So, um, I mean, he probably had more if he was on Tampa Bay just because Tampa Bay is an offensive team, and the Kraken, I don't really think are known for their offense you know especially they're pretty much the newest misfits <laughs> to, mm-hmm. uh till like, they can get get an identity but then he scored just a couple minutes after you know to give them a lead three two Duchesne did tie it at the end towards the end of the second period and then um but then Colin black well uh scored a shorthand goal in the, with just three minutes remaining in the game, just to solidify their four three win, <clears throat> um, you can't be
1: disappointed with that.
0: But they really shut down the Predators. Fifteen to three shots on goal for Seattle in the third period. So I mean, credit credit them for club but not defensively. But yeah,
1: it's right. But you, I mean, they just you, you can't be that upset with that because. You know, you play, you're play. You're in a close game. You're, it's a well-fought battle. You might have fallen short a little bit. Like, you're not going to win every single game. It's just impossible. I don't think there's ever been or there ever will be a team that wins every single game. But to be close and to battle all game long, that's when you know you've got yourself a playoff team
0: and uh actually colin blackwell is uh he for he was on the predators in 2020 um yeah. he, he got traded uh actually i don't want to see if he got traded uh to the rangers actually it was in, uh, that was next year but yeah um so two four Predators, even though blackwell really didn't play that many um games with the predators uh came back to to bite the predators um uh, John uh, the, uh John Hines, the predators coach um said he was right their their execution with the puck just wasn't good no <clears throat> and they need to be more uh more uh more detail oriented <clears throat> so that that's uh something to look Look forward to going uh, going forward to the next next games. So that that's the only game I got. Um, that was their second yeah. loss to Seattle, as I mentioned.
1: Yeah, well, uh, you know, one thing I want to I want to segue here. I want to transition, if you want. I don't know if it's.
0: Yeah, I, I'm <laughs> I'm done with that game.
1: But I think I wanna... the Predators are too. But what's what's interesting is we're we're approaching the trade deadline. So I just want to talk about a few guys that I think, you know. Obviously, there's no facts, there's no anything. Nobody knows anything yet until the inks dry. This is all my speculation. These are just some of my thoughts, some of my scenarios on some of the guys that could be moved at the trade deadline. So you've got Mark Stahl, who I think could yield some some trade capital. Um, but he's got one year left on his contract. So I I, I personally, like, I'm not a big fan of him. I don't think he's incredible. I don't think he's got a long-term tenure on this Red Wings roster. But I think if it's done right, the way that we do this is we trade him, get something for him. And then try to get him back in the off season, because one yeah, thing, I, one thing I, I, I I I agree with that. I, I
0: you know it's I don't he's not a piece of the puzzle. I think I think he was just brought. He's a veteran. I think right. they just brought him in to help with the uh, the younger yeah. players. Yeah. But they have other player, other veterans that are just as good. Uh, Larkin's becoming a veteran, a good leader.
1: Yep. Larkins and I Larkin's not he's a catcher.
0: no but I mean I'm talking about like the you know off uh, off ice presence you know. and I think that's probably why Mark Sal was there yeah. Um, and right. yeah I don't I don't I don't think that'll hurt the team by trading them especially if you can get a, a draft pick or maybe a younger prospect
1: and then re-sign him for cheaper in the off season <laughs> I mean that's a win-win for Detroit if it can play out that way and I think that would be huge. Because uh, there, you, there's other
0: free agents, though. I don't, I think they would be better off going, uh,
1: trying, trying to, say,
0: to sign. But here's other, other thing.
1: Uh, like here's the thing. Detroit's in a rather unique position. Um, because they've got a lot of young players coming up. They've got an elite defenseman already who is in his first year ever playing professional NHL hockey in Moe Sider. Um, but he doesn't have – but Mo doesn't have I, – I guess I can't speculate, um, but I would question how much presence he is in the locker room as such a young guy. That's that's a lot of weight to carry as a young guy.
0: And I mean, there's
1: – That's why you need a guy like a Mark Stahl in the locker room. There's him.
0: a lot of – uh, there but there's a lot of free agents, decent free agents that the Detroit could hit up in the off season. Melkin, although he, they might be too expensive for him. Uh, Claude Giroux, Claude okay. Giroux is going to be free. I mean, if you're talking about signing Mark Stone in the off season, yeah, we, they'd be better off signing somebody like a Claude Giroux. Why? Chris Latang, You want defense or uh, yeah. you don't need you don't really want PK Subban. He's I think he's done. Um, he's 33. I don't know. Maybe you don't want an older defenseman, but Chris Latang, he's 35, but he's still got some, uh, years left in him. Do you want, do you, you're looking at defense with Mark Giordano. There's a lot of older players.
1: And that's a player. Believe it or not, that's a player that I heard.
0: Rasmus was going to be a free agent. He's only 27. He'd be a good fit in Detroit. How about Le- Hampus Lindholm? Danny DeKaiser, they could re-sign him.
1: No, I think what they should, like I said before, is they need to just drive him to California and leave him there. (laughs) Do they got any games coming up in California? No, but it doesn't matter. (laughs) Send him to Alaska or something. Tell him that we've got right, good. I don't. I didn't mean to get you off track. (laughs) Get get back (laughs) on. You take you take a Danny the Kaiser, who is just completely useless out there. And I will say this: part of his issue is he did have back surgery playing for Detroit. The injury happened while he was playing with Detroit. He had back surgery, and he just hasn't been the same. My problem with Danny DeKaiser is he's a Red Wing. And I know that's very bland, but he is so god-awful. He's a turnover machine. He gets lost on the ice. He doesn't know who's around him. He's a children, cover your ears. He can't get anyone off the puck. They just push him over like he's a twig. And it just doesn't work. He's just not a good fit. I, I don't like him. I've I've never, I've never really. I don't know. I've just never been a fan. Of him.
0: So you're think so 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 you're trying to say you want maybe maybe trade him?
1: I would trade him because he's an you know he's an assistant or an alternate captain, however you whatever lingo you choose to use. You know I don't think he's he's not going to yield much on the trade market. That was a Holland mistake. Um, I think he came in, he showed some promise, but he never lived up to the expectations. But I think where he tried, you know, there's just well, you know, a couple other guys. I'm just not going to get into too much detail, but you've got kind of the same situation with Nick Letty who came in. He's not really doing that much. He doesn't have many goals. You know, was, he's just not hes not what they were hoping he was going to be.
0: You know, if If you're looking for defense – Stay away from the Preds.
1: But I just or not.
0: Matthias I mean. Ekholm was going to be a free agent. Oh, I
1: wouldn't mind seeing him in a winged wheel. He's own, he's only. Do uh, I just say stay away? Bring <laughs> him in. Bring I w- him. I want. I want
0: them to resign him. He's only making three point seven five million. So.
1: But I think Isaac I mean, he's, he's
0: not a Yossi or a or a uh, um uh L and L S um Yo uh No
1: I, I can't guess.
0: think of his name. But, but and, and and there's a, we got a uh David Ferret, he's in his entry level contract, he's gonna be a restricted free agent. I, I
1: want He's to he's gonna
0: be good enough coming, so keep your paws off our defensemen.
1: Yeah, see that's where we're slacking. That's where we're really lacking right now and, and uh but I and that's I think, and that's
0: where the preds have depth in this defense.
1: But I do I think I think there's some good opportunity here for Detroit to make some moves cuz I think I mean if look just look at how Detroit built Tampa. Or you guys are how Stevie Detroit walked. built Tampa, that's interesting. I you <laughs> But how Eisman built Tampa, he built it from the ground up by adding youth, moving out some of the you know deadweight, older generational players. Um,
0: he got a couple of cops, or was he was he there he for the first one? He didn't get he, any. Well, he built the one, the one, no, the two. Yeah, that's right. Uh, back home. to back. It was his. Uh, and then there was a third one, but when he was out before okay. his time. The Did third, the work? first one. The first one was was that two thousand four or something early two thousands, I'm taking.
1: Yeah, he wasn't there yet.
0: Okay, but the the last two he he may he might not have been there, but he built that team.
1: Right. Yeah, definitely should have an asterisk next to that. But but the way he does the way he does things, and, and maybe I'm completely wrong. I don't want to pretend like I'm Steve Aserman. But from what it looked like on from the Oh, you'll college. never be
0: Steve Eisenman. No,
1: I don't maybe even, off the ice. <laughs> but he he gets a lot of youth, and then he gets very strategic veterans to fill in the gaps. You cannot have a very young team and expect to win. You need to have some veterans on the, you know, on the ice in the locker room. So once he gets his youth established, which it sounds like he's doing. He's got a couple up with the Wings now. You got a few more in the, you know, throughout the the world essentially playing hockey. Like I said, you know, last episode, Soderblom, he's going to be coming up. Edvinson, he's going to be coming up. Like you've got these guys that are going to be coming up and they're going to you know, they're going to look to crack the lineup. And that's that's what you want, are guys that are going to compete and hang at this level. And then you backfill it with some of the gaps. So if you've got a young defenseman or a young defense system, and they just need that veteran in the locker room to really kickstart things, that's when Eisenman would go out and pluck a couple of these guys from some of these other teams in a trade or on, you know, waivers, to really fill those gaps. And I think he's got the same secret sauce in Detroit. As you can see, again, I mentioned it 100 million times, they've got a couple of guys that are, you know, in the Calder race, both on Detroit. Oh, I
0: know. Mo Cider and Lucas Raymond.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, you get those guys that have matured, and then you add a couple of vets next to them to kind of fill those pe- those voids. I mean, you could be looking at a deep playoff run here in a couple of years. But... You know, there's just a lot. Maybe going. this year. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna say it again. Ready? Oh, there we go. I knew I You had to say it in this episode. Yeah, I know
0: you had to say it. Go ahead.
1: The Red Wings are not going to make the playoffs. I'm gonna. Yeah, they're gonna score goals, but they are not making the playoffs. And they just need they, they need to be realistic that's all there is to it but that's all I got I think you've got a few trade oh I do there's one other player this is a hot topic I don't even know how I forgot to mention this I'm gonna make give me a 30 second timer here oh boy how about this give me the Jeopardy theme you got that on your phone
0: mm, uh, no not
1: your phone on your mixer <laughs> no I don't well, How to get you? that because I want to talk about Philip Zadina, quick. Here's a guy that can't find the back of the net. He's only making eight hundred thousand a year. No, oh, time's up. Okay. No. But I'm kidding. But so he's playing. He's playing the game that Helm, like I mentioned last game. You know, that's he's a smaller guy. He's not finding the net. He's good with the puck. I would keep him at eight hundred thousand. Let him sit on the third and fourth line. He's excellent. Nine. He's an eight, excellent third seven, and fourth line guy. Six, five, keep him there. Four. Let three, him let him grow there, two, one. and let him play on special teams. That's it. Done. But no, and also wrapping up wrapping this up, I really think Zadine is one of those guys that you have to you have to keep him. I mean, he hasn't really had a fair shake. I don't think he's a first liner. I don't think he's going to bury opponents. Next but I do think he's a guy that can really bring value like a Darren Helm or a Chris Draper who's smaller, athletic, hustles, wants to prove themselves to the world, but they have to know their role. And I think Zadina's role is to be a compliment player that's going to put 10 to 10, 10 to 12 goals a season. I don't think he's going to be a 20-30 goal scorer, but I think you let him put up 10 to 12 goals, use them on special teams to kill as much penalty as possible, and you just see how it goes. Because if he's not going to crack the first three lines of the Red Wings, I I just don't see him going out anywhere else and you know doing anything better. Like It's just teams are going to look and say, well, mm, no. But I could be wrong. Maybe there's teams that are itching to really try him out with a different look, a different system, and they think they can make him something that maybe he's not. I don't know. I don't know.
0: Well, the Preds have tough decisions coming up.
1: Yeah, let's do that. What do they got?
0: Uh, Nick Cousins. He's gonna be an unrestricted agent. He's only making one and a half million. He's not a bad he he's like a grinder. But uh, if you gotta move somebody, I suppose I wouldn't be too too sad to see him go. Even though I like him, but then he got Forsberg gonna be unrestricted free agent. He's making six million now. I really they they have they got they've got to keep him. They've got to resign him. He is like he's he's the future of the team.
1: I would be shocked if they get rid of him. But I will say this: I actually read an article yesterday that they're looking to shop him around. That could mean well, a couple of things that could just mean I never that. thought they'd
0: get rid of Ellis either and they
1: did so yeah but I just I think forsberg's a different player though like you said he's one of those guys that you just have to keep around but who knows I mean I think what they're doing is testing out the waters out there to see what somebody's willing to pay and like I'm not mm. I don't think you're gonna get like a McDavid but I mean, do you think Forsberg is worth, like, a first and a third round pick and a prospect?
0: At if least a first. Are,
1: if you guys are in a rebuild? Uh, well, I don't want to say we're in a rebuild. You hate that. I, mean, I mean, we're in
0: a playoff race. Um, I suppose you can be rebuilding and still in the playoff race. I know. Detroit wasn't. Well, it, nah. <laughs> they might make the playoffs well, if Boston f- fumbles. <laughs> so, and then you got Cody Glass. He was involved in the Ryan Ellis trade. Uh, he's he's in Milwaukee right now. He's in the entry-level contract, so he's a young player. He's going to be a restricted free agent coming off his entry-level. So, he's probably going to end up staying and then you got Grimaldi, who's in the minors. He, uh, he was not bad in, in Nashville. He's making two million. He's going to be a UFA. I, if you have to move somebody, I would move him and Cousins. Um, Tanner Chanel, you, know, you got to look him. He's good. He's got another year left. So then there's uh, Luke Cunningham. Uh He's you know when when the Predators got it traded for him. Uh, and I believe it was in, in the Fielo deal. I didn't like that trade at all at the time. And I was like, who the heck is this Luke Cunningham guy? And he, uh, everybody was saying, oh, he's a scorer. And, I'm like, well, he, he's, he's a scorer, but he also goes in front of the net. Um, to the dirty and, spots. And, and I just like, I just like his playing. He has some big goals. He doesn't really score a lot of goals. But he has, he comes up with some big goals. And uh, he's going to be – he's a restricted free agent. He's only making $2.3 million. So I, I'd like to see him uh, – they try to re-sign him. Um, I really don't want to – I know I would have said this back in uh, 2021 when they trade for him, but um, – I don't want to see them trade him. Uh, Matt Loff, he's turning into he was he was a free agent signing. He's going to be a free agent. He's he's making seven hundred and fifty. So I don't, I I think um, I don't think he's an issue there. Uh, the Yak, he's going to be restricted. He's uh, he's a young player. He's in thought he was in an entry level contract, but he's making seven twenty five. But then on the defensive side, you got some uh, you got some big big uh, big decisions. Matt Benning, Mark Barowiczki, uh Matthias Ekholm, and uh, the prospect David Ference, who's going to be a stud on the blue line. I really hope they keep him. Uh, ben Harper, they could trade him. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Right.
1: S- I don't see them getting and, rid
0: of him. And, well. And then uh, on the goaltending side, you got Big Save Dave, who's had some big games before the uh, before the, before Sarah uh, Dave Riddick. Riddick? Riddick is it Riddick? I don't Riddick? know.
1: I just I, that's how uh, I'm saying it. They
0: call him Big Save Dave. Um, they got him from Calgary actually. Um, actually, he was, a like he was, a he was a free. He he was a free free agent. Free. He was a free agent signing. But uh, before Soros had that unbelievable game, uh was it, Dallas? The Dallas game that turned it around? Yeah, Peck Rennie's night. Uh, Riddick had played a couple. I believe it is Riddick. He, he had played a couple games before that, and he was just lights out. So I think they need to re-sign him. And <clears throat> their cat space this year is $11.2 million. Next year, it's $33 million, so they paid and and the cap is $81, so that, that's going to be – t- it's going to be some decisions to make for, on that end.
1: Yeah, it's going to be – we still have time. It's going to be pretty interesting coming up to the trade deadline. It'll be interesting to see what each one of our teams do. Um, you know, wrapping things up here, d unless you have something else, um, I'd like to – gonna- uh, recap a little bit or i'm sorry preview uh i was just gonna
0: preview um let's see uh, the predators have uh, san jose coming there there uh it's uh i believe it's at san jose on the road uh that's gonna be an interesting game um they're, San Jose is kind of a funny team. You never know who's going to show up for that game. Um, Unless you're playing Detroit, then you know are San Jose they're, they're show up. They're, I, don't, I think they're towards the bottom of the pack, so I don't really think they're involved, really that close to a playoff spot, but they always play tough. Um, then you got Dallas, uh, another Dallas game at home. Uh, that's always going to be always going to be a good game against them, and I think Dallas is going to be. I mean, they got some games between uh, the two, but I think Dallas yeah. is going to be hungry um, after that uh, loss uh, the, the other night, and then um, and then you got uh, Anaheim, uh, but we will I'll we'll delve more <clears throat> more into the Anaheim game uh, next episode. Okay. Um but
1: uh, I think that's about it. Uh,
0: nice. What 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 are the Red Wings
1: looking at? Yeah, the Wings are looking at um, a couple of very tough games back to back. They're heading down to the Sin City of the East. Um, you know, they're going to be down in Florida for a back to back—one against Tampa Bay, one against Florida. Um, Both of those I'm not holding my breath for. I don't think the Wings are at that caliber, as I mentioned in a couple of different podcasts. Yet, they'll get there. They're not there now. So I'm going a loss against Tampa, a loss against Florida, and then we come back um, Tuesday. The highest
0: scoring team in the league. The Predators beat
1: them. Who, Florida? Yes. Yeah, there's always a possibility. I mean, I'm I'm not judging or ruling it out. But I don't. I don't think that's that's a game that the. That's in Florida, you said. Yeah, it's a back to back. That's this. That's the second half of the back to back. All right, I guess we got to start that. No,
0: that was a mess up.
1: All right, so here, here's how we finish. So, uh, yeah, and then they've got a very winnable game against Arizona on Tuesday. Um, So I've got four games. I'm going to have to be recapping next week. Because after we go in, their Arizona comes to Detroit, um, so they're they're actually playing, hopefully in front of a crowd more than five thousand.
0: Um, I
1: don't know when that's gonna
0: happen, but I think they're still in that Gila River
1: Arena. No, oh, whatever. But I don't know. So you got that's the saga before. that we. T- <laughs> it's a waste of my air. So you've got a- two two. Florida games back-to-back. You've got Arizona after a couple of days off. Um, so I'm going to go loss, loss, win. And then we've got Minnesota, which I'm going to go as another loss. I just think they're another tough team. Um, Is that head to Minnesota? That can be played.
0: Oh, well, I guess you won't hear that. Maybe oh you'll hear this. That
1: would be nice. Maybe you'll even hear this. I want to hear it four times. Well, one's in Florida,
0: so you're not going to hear it there.
1: No. Oh wait, isn't there
0: one in Tampa Bay too?
1: No, they're. Uh...
0: Salt salt Detroit. Detroit.
1: But um, no, I think they've got the they've got back to back in in Florida.
0: Oh jeez, because
1: in... the Florida Tampa Bay, the two best teams in the East. Yeah, so that's why I'm. What a tough them. schedule. <laughs> I'm am t- I'm, I'm talk- chalking those up as losses. I'm so gonna, I'm hoping that they're close. Hang on. If they're back
0: got- to back, who do you think is going to start? What game? I mean, obviously
1: they're probably going to play both goaltenders. Um, I'm going to think probably Ned against Tampa, and Grice against Florida. But I'm not sure. Uh, the number yeah. one the the highest
0: scoring uh, team in the league are gonna play uh Grice.
1: Yeah. I mean what what do you do? Do you go for <laughs> the win or do you go for the I think you have to go for the wins against Tampa Bay. I think that. I don't know. I just think maybe
0: I'm wrong, mate, but I think Ned's doing a little better than Grice. Maybe not. Maybe i maybe I get that backwards.
1: Not I'm sorry I interrupted you.
0: <laughs> no,
1: it's okay. But yeah, then we've got – so we've got Arizona. My God, I, I just – I'm going to be besides myself if we lose that game.
0: At least it's home.
1: Yeah, it is home. But they're a god-awful team. They're 31st, they're 31st in the NHL. And Detroit's not even that bad. And I'm going to ta- – you know what? I'm taking your board away from you. Why? Same sound four times. But anyway, give me some more music. um, I'll get it for you. So that's that should be a win. By God, if it's not a win, we've got to address some things. Um, And I know we're not great. A new coach. But they're they're terrible. That would be nice. You know, that's what I want for Christmas. And then then we've got Minnesota at home. So I think that that's our next possibly winnable game, but I'm going to chalk that to a loss. So I'm going to go in this four-game stretch. We're going to go one and three.
0: So looking at the next episode, uh, we got a full, uh, jam-packed episode for you listeners. Um, so um, we're going to be talking about maybe some trade uh, rumors going on. And the NHL as long as, well, probably probably won't be too many rumors for
1: uh, Predators
0: and, and the Red Wings. Who knows by that time, though.
1: Maybe there'll be um, some big stories that we can report on and give our angle of it. There hasn't been the too league, many the last couple I, we're weeks. We're going to
0: so. have uh, some... some uh, some game recaps. I think I'm going to have like 3 4 game recaps. Me it looks too. sounds like you're going to have 4. So we're going to have a a fun f- fun-filled show next at, next show. So uh I think we uh should call this one
1: Yeah, I think uh, we're all, I think we've covered pretty much everything in the last couple last couple of games that we had going and I think we're just waiting for the next games to start. So I think it's a good place to wrap until next week. Okay. See ya, Smashville. Good night, Hockey Town.